I don't need a business plan to start because the two businesses I start with a business plan failed. Hey gang, welcome to this episode of the Dealer Playbook Podcast. We are live at NADA, sitting with no stranger to the podcast, Mr. Paul DeFries, my good friend from the Netherlands. We're going to be talking about, is it even possible to break into new and emerging markets in 2024 as a franchise dealer? Stay tuned. The car business is rapidly changing and modern car dealers are meeting the demand. I'm Michael Cirillo, and together we'll explore the best strategies, ideas, and tools to create a thriving life in and out of the business. This is The Dealer Playbook. Paul. Yes. Thanks for joining me on The Dealer Playbook. Of course. Of course, buddy. Always good to see you. Always good to see you. Well, we've known each other for so long. Yes. You just, I called you, I said, I'm here. You said, I'm here. Yeah. You were hiding in plain sight. Every time I see you, though, I'm always caught off guard at how tall you are <laughs> compared to me. Yeah, the difference between us is is staggering, right? It's, yes, uh, at least four feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, it stuns me. When I came to the Netherlands, mm-hmm. how much taller everybody in the Netherlands is. It's in the yeah. DNA. No, it's in the milk. It's in the milk. And... Uh, we are the, 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 the tallest, tallest adult average people in the world, right? Wow. If you take the adults, then on average, we are the, the tallest one. And still not, uh, not winning basketball championships, but still. But I mean, you've got some good players. In... No. No? No? No. Okay. No. no. Football is your thing. Soccer, yeah. So, yeah. Ameri- soccer. Not American football. No. No. Real soccer and ice skating. And ice skating. As okay. Formula One as well. We dominate that space. Are you big into Formula One? Yeah, Max. Were you following Formula One when it was here in Vegas? Yeah, we watch every every race because our our countrymen must stop winning all the time. Okay, t- tell me about, but before we get into talking dealerships, yeah. what are you watching when you watch Formula One? I mean, the car, to me, I just see cars doing this. No, no, it's, it's about, it's a- actually a two-sided championship, right? It is one championship about who is the best engineer, who can put up the best car, and who is the best driver. And most of the time, if you have the best car, it's more easy to win. If you have the best car, then you still have to be the best driver, driver. because at the end, the Red Bull team has two drivers. The Mexican is not that good as the Dutchman. Yeah. But still, you have to finish first. Did you watch that movie that they came out with with uh, Orlando Bloom about the video game no, drivers that not turning pro? No, no, it's actually, I, I didn't know what I was to expect, but I watched it on the airplane. It's actually quite a good movie. No, but actually, if you see the documentary about Max Verstappen as well, yeah. he practiced a lot in the sim, in the oh. uh, on, on the video games. Yeah. And he's very good at it as well. Wow. And... There is going to be a transition from somebody from the video world in the real world and don't, and dominate that space for sure. Wow. I mean, I don't follow it. Right just about, I don't know, three miles south of my house is yeah. the Texas Motor Speedway. Yeah. And I know there's stuff going on there all the time, but I, yeah, but I don't know what I... But that's NASCAR. This is boring, right? <laughs> Formula One. Oh, okay. I see. Is that the difference? I have no idea. So you're saying NASCAR is just an, a circuit? Oh, just an uh, old but Formula One. The, the track is it's different. 
it's dim. But actually, the in, the IndyCar champion yeah. cannot have a Formula One license. Why not? Because he's not good enough. <laughs> no, but it is. <laughs> oh, I've gotten everything I need out of NADA. We'll see you guys. <laughs> okay, let me transition here. You are no stranger to the automotive industry. No. In my books, you are the who's who of automotive in Europe. Uh, for sure in the Benelux, yes. I want to be in Europe, but that's somebody else to say. But I want to be number one in my space, yeah. Yeah. You've worked in dealerships. You've owned dealerships. You've uh, been successful in uh, BDC and lead handling and, and creating formulas that are now widely adopted in Europe. Or and selling cars online. And selling cars online. And now you're a dealer again. Yes. Uh, of what you've told me is the number two... Yeah, that's the that's a bummer. Uh, but um, it's 18 months ago, we started a dealership in the brand Ligier, Ligier which yeah. is a French brand in city cars and small cars. It cannot drive faster than 25 miles an hour or 20 miles an hour uh, for the city, etc. Yeah, and that's uh, people uh, with no driving license until 18 years old or after 75 years old can drive that kind of kind of cars of if you're not able to to have a driver license right then maybe you are entitled to that kind of mobility and that's the car we sell because no other brand wants to give me a dealership so so your market is up to 18 yeah it's very easy to under 70 to to understand and to uh, to, to do marketing on yes well it's an interesting dynamic because you are providing a solution that we don't often think about, which is mobility to people who still need it. Yeah, so you have to see it like this. If you were 16 years old, again, yeah. and in Europe, then you are entitled to have a scooter, and you can drive a scooter, then your world opens up. If you have a, your driving license, your world becomes bigger again. So that's what we provide, that we provide um, a freedom in mobility for young people but also for older people so for example in the Netherlands if you are 75 years old you have to go to the doctor for an exam to see if you are fit to drive right and then you are getting an, an, an permit for five years and at 80 you have to come again so if the doctor is saying it's not safe for you to drive a normal car you are entitled to drive that kind of car. So, first of all, your world is becoming smaller. Right. But then we can provide a service that your world is getting bigger again. Yeah. That's why I did, uh, for example, we drove that kind of car from our dealership to Paris with that kind of car, 20 miles an hour, from Holland to Paris, to show them that your world is not getting smaller but you actually can drive to Paris if you want. Was that your idea? Uh, it wasn't bad. It's something with a friend of mine. And then, <laughs> how long did that drive? So, how long would that drive take in a in a normal vehicle? And how long did it take in the Ligier? Five hours in normal vehicle from the dealership, and one day and a half with. Okay. With are they gasoline powered? Or are they electric? Diesel, diesel and electric. Okay. What's the? And we take the diesel. You would take the diesel. For the Paris trip. Yeah, fair enough. And and what's the range 
on that vehicle? What full tank? Uh, about uh, about four hundred and kilometers. So good. But that's good. That's very good. And on the and electric, yeah, one fifty, one seventy five. Okay, so so not too bad. It's not too bad. No. Um, but it's a city car, and you know where it's positioned. It's a city car, and we have to sell it as a city car as mobility in the neighborhood to go groceries, etc., to go to the, yeah. your, your family or whatever, if they are in the neighborhood. How do you position that from a marketing perspective with all of the different brands? You have Peugeot and Toyota yeah. and you know sure. all of the, and, and the market is cluttered. And I know you, you kind of rolled your eyes and said, we're number two, but in yeah. 18 months to go from nothing to being number two in the, in the region or in the country. Sure. yeah. What did you do to to come, you know, and, and break through the clutter yeah. of all the other automotive marketing out there? So you have to see that the brands selling that kind of cars are not the Peugeot and Kias, etc. And there are other brands only specialized on, on, on city cars. The one thing, I wasn't consulted of that factory already right. about lead handling, etc. Yeah. And then I was in France at the Fiji uh, factory where, where they actually built also the Formula One cars uh, they actually won the monte carlo grand prix with the ligier uh, not the city car but then actually from the one car uh, back in the 90s um, and they show me in and 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 powerpoint where they show me that in italy france and spain 30 percent of the sales is is from the youth from 16 till 18. in the netherlands it was five percent so I saw that slide and I saw there is an opportunity to grow. And when they uh, granted me the dealership, I said to the OEM, I'm going to focus only on the youth. I care about the older people, of course, but the older people who need transportation will find me. Right. But the younger audience, why are they don't drive a city car? Because my competition is the Vespa Scudo. Because right. that's hip, that's sexy, etc. So I have to make the brand sexy again. So I use the Formula One heritage to make the city car that I, I, I put the brand name with the heritage of the Formula One because Formula One is big in the Netherlands and combine those two to make it sexy again. That's not only for your grandfather, that kind of car, but also for you. So we work a lot with social media, with influencers, with TikTok, etc., to to gain that market share. So now in 2023, our market share, our sales volume, 45% was youth. So that's very, for well, us, very good. In 18 months. Yeah, yeah. That's Still number insane. two, but that's, that's a shame. But I, I know, and I, I know it's because of your mindset. You go, number two, that just means we're the first loser. Yeah. But uh, to me, I think that's a tremendous Yeah, to, to make growth. me feel good, I can say the number one <laughs> is 40 <laughs> 40 years in the business, yeah. has three locations, and we're trailing him with four sales. Yeah. And we have only one location. Well, and what I'm thinking about is the speed at which you grew to that volume and that market share is actually tremendous. Yeah, but the goal is to be number one in every KPI measured by the OEM. Yeah. I want to be number one in every different KPI. I don't care what they measure. I want to be number first there. And in sales volume, I need to have a distance by two. So if the number two is selling 100, I have to sell 200. Gotcha. 
Hey, before we hop back into this episode of The Dealer Playbook, we got to give a shout out to today's sponsor, AutoFi. AutoFi helps progressive dealers like you sell smarter, not harder, on your dealership website and now in your showroom too. AutoFi solves the everyday problems dealers actually face, like bottlenecks at the sales desk, customer distrust, and decision overload. And their all-new showroom solution includes deal estimation, desking, lender routing, and an F&I menu, all in one powerful platform that bridges the gap between the CRM and DMS. Dealerships with AutoFi can manage the floor more efficiently, fast-track the yes, and make better lending decisions, enabling them to sell cars faster with higher satisfaction and more profit. In fact, deals with AutoFi take an average of 28 minutes from customer check-in to loan approval, and dealers are making $411 more back-end PVR per deal. Go to autofi.com forward slash dealer playbook to learn more. That's autofi.com forward slash dealer playbook and start selling smarter today. All right, let's hop back into this episode. So I want to touch on something you brought up. You, you were talking about, you saw the slide that said 5% yeah. and your instinct is, ah, there's opportunity. Yes. Tell me a little bit more because we've always talked about lead handling yeah. and all of those sorts of things. People... Uh, you know, the, the DPB audience knows Paul, the professional, the consummate entrepreneur. Sure. Let's get to know you as a person, though. Have you always been that way? Were you Have you always been able to see opportunity? Were you raised that way? Did your parents teach you that? I, where does that come from? I don't know where it come from. Uh, for sure, my, um, my mother, which passed away, was a very good saleswoman. Very good. My father is an entrepreneur, always saw opportunity he was one of the first people having a shop on the canary islands in the 60s where he saw um he didn't saw an opportunity he liked the island because they had st st strawberries in winter and he was not <laughs> accustomed to strawberries in the winter so he started in and and a shop without knowing how to run a shop right so that's something about dna i think yeah but um the one thing i I learned in 25 years of entrepreneurship, I don't need a business plan to start because the two businesses I start with a business plan failed. Interesting. So if I see an opportunity, I go. And where, where what they teach you in school is, no, you need to have a mission. You, you need to have a business plan before you can do everything else. Sure. You're an advocate for starting before you're ready. Start anyway and see because when the first bullets are flying, then everything changed. So, uh, and I don't know what to expect. I don't know. It was hard to start a dealership with nothing, with no database, with no clients whatsoever. Only new cars, not used, not servers. It was very hard. But then you learn a lot about lead and uh, about lead getting uh, uh, in a new market and getting leads from an audience you are are pursuing. Yeah. The younger audience. They are not on Google, right. not on Facebook, and they are on TikTok. And I don't know nothing about TikTok. And you have to be an advocate of the business to learn about TikTok very fast. Yeah. And to see if you can sell or not on TikTok. Okay, tell me about TikTok. Admittedly, I am not, this is why we have people like sure. Joe. I'm not, I don't know a lot about TikTok. In in the Netherlands, in particular, with the audience you're reaching out to, which is, what, what's the age group there? 16 to 18. 16 to 18. They're hanging out there. 
what are some of the things that you've learned about that platform in how to leverage it for lead generation, as you were saying? That um, so, what we are doing, we're making content for for TikTok, yep. right? Yep. And we are searching the 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 trends, and in that trends, we are we are we are making some videos about the, the trend, and then putting the videos on TikTok and hope for the best. Yeah? Uh, in that sense, the one thing you learn is that I had a great idea about the TikTok video, which was how many um, how, how many cases of beer fit in the Liget. I thought it was very good. Because we are targeting an audience of younger people, I take the beer without alcohol. Eh? <laughs> to be, it had to be fine. And that didn't do anything at all. Right. But then we make a video about the five pros about owning a city car with Gerard, our managing director, which is 59. Yeah. It broke on the one million views in a heartbeat. Wow. So you never know what, which video will pop up and which video will not. But we ha we have to produce a lot. So uh, how does the content, how does the content that you're creating for TikTok mm -hmm. differ from how you would create content on some of the other platforms that you're already used to? It's it's only video, no 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 copy or whatever. It is short. Uh, it's all about uh, talking about pros and also in combination with two influencers. So I gave one girl of 16 uh, a car, a city car for free, uh, but she accidentally had 1.5 million followers on TikTok, so that's a coincidence. She just accidentally had, yeah. And, uh, and I asked her, I, I didn't ask her anything. I said, here's the car, do whatever you want to do with it. I don't, I, I'm not going to give you advice to make videos. Yeah. And do whatever you want, how many you want. If you do one video a year, that's fine with me as well. And that was the only thing what she triggers because she's getting a lot of invites for other things as well. Yeah. Because I give her. So you freedom. made it so easy for her. You gave her yeah. freedom and she, and then you let her mind go. Yeah. How so, did you vet her though? Was it just based on following, or did you? No, I know her father. Okay, he's in in the business as well. So she's happy. She gets a car. Yeah, her father's happy because she's not driving a scooter anymore, but, <laughs> but the more safer city car. So you actually, you, yeah. You see, this is what I'm saying. You are you are so smart as a marketer. Is this is this? Did you plan this? No. Or Accident? you just realized? No, it it it, it become a. a it is one plus one plus one, and it's it's coming together. It's not yeah. not even in plan. And so she had a car. Yeah. Now we are getting girls into the dealership. I want the same car as Nina, and bringing their, their father with them. Yes. Yes. To sign off the agreement. Yes. But on the other hand, Nina is doing girly stuff. Yeah. Making the uh, makeup in the car, etc. Making a video. About yeah. That right. One million views. I, I don't get it, but it, it is what it is. But I need also a guy to do stupid guy stuff. Yeah. So she has a friend, yeah. which is actually 16 years old and is in Porsche career drive, a professional. Oh. 16. Wow. Uh, and uh, he's driving the, the European circuit, uh -huh. but he is not allowed to drive a normal car because he's 16. Right. 
Because he's, so, he's licensed to drive a race car, but not... Yes. Uh, yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. So he's getting a car for us as well. He has not that many followers on TikTok, but his task was because he had not much of a following, so I can ask him more. I said, I need this one, this, this yes, kind right. of video. The other one, the A, the A, the A star, I, yeah. I don't ask anything. Yeah? You have an A-lister and you have a B-list. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And, but... I said to him, do stupid guy stuff. So he's doing, how fast can I break? How, how fast can I uh, do a, a roundabout, etc. Yeah. So I'm getting a call from the factory. They saw one of the videos where he go with 25 miles an hour and then do the brakes. Yeah. They asked us, what did you do with the brakes? I said, why? No, what did you do with the brakes? Because we saw the video where he breaks and he breaks straight and our experiences if you do that it will go like this <laughs> i said if you put a professional that's raised driving in the car it will go there it will go that so and that's becoming a thing yeah and then you are getting leads from TikTok. yeah and some of them are bad some of them are good from instagram as well and we made the dealership online first offline second yeah. So the one thing I'm most proud of is when you are at the website, and the website is actually a copy of the Tesla homepage. Yep. The SRP is a copy of the uh, of the 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 CarMax SRP. Yeah. And the VDP is a copy of the Carvana VDP. So I, I put something together. It's yep. a great website. I've which makes a whole new website. Yeah. Makes a whole new website, but there is a button. It showed the live store. And if you push that button, it goes directly to a FaceTime conversation on video or WhatsApp video conversation. And then we use the dealership as a studio. So we can sell online from a distance. They are in the shop. They can see all the cars, all the dents, all the new cars, all the, all the bells and whistles. And we sell through FaceTime and WhatsApp video. I have one kind of last round of questions that I want to get your thought on, uh, stemming from what you just said. Some of the leads we get from TikTok, good. Some of them, not good. Same goes for every other platform. Yeah. But I mean, you're a master at lead handling process. Yeah. You have architected one of the most forward-thinking processes for lead handling, lead management, and follow-up. But I want to get your thoughts. In a world now where, and we're at NADA, so sure. we're going to hear a lot about AI while we're here. Yeah. What are your thoughts about right or wrong ways to incorporate AI into a lead follow-up process? So, AI will never win about a personal engagement. Will will never do. But if the personal engagement is not 100% seven days a week consistent, then the AI will win because that's consistent. Right. It's like the BDC is winning from the salesperson because the BDC is consistent. The salesperson is not. Right. But the salesperson with his consistency will take any BDC to the ground if they are getting the, the chance. So we are using only the AI to summarize the, the conversations, etc. Yep. But every conversation we have, one-on-one, -on -one, is personalized. If we have leads which are not engaged, we do the AI, do the heavy, heavy lifting. If they, if they are taking some lives, then the salesperson has to be in it. I love it. Well, you heard it from the master. There is a way to cut through the clutter, build new ground, lay a foundation, 
and do some really smart marketing maneuvers. I love what Paul's been teaching us about, just get started, do something. One plus one plus one plus one, let it compound. One last question for you, my friend. Yes. How can those watching and listening get in touch with you? Oh, the best way is through LinkedIn. I'm, 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 I'm short on followers there. <laughs> and that's, that's the best way. Uh, unless you're 16 to 18, then follow them on TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Thanks so much for joining me on The Dealer Playbook. Hey, thanks for listening to The Dealer Playbook Podcast. If you enjoyed tuning in, please subscribe, share, and hit that like button. You can also join us and the DPB community on social media. Check back next week for a new Dealer Playbook episode. Thanks so much for joining.